And welcome back to the Livingston Parish News Weekly Show, a podcast brought to you by the Livingston Parish News. This is our special edition every week. This is called Group Therapy. It's when we sit down and discuss what's going on in Livingston Parish with our two editors here. We have one on the right, one on the left. I was about to steal their thunder and introduce them without letting them introduce themselves. We do let them do that so that those who are just listening can put a voice to a name. So this week, we're going to start on my left. Go ahead. Hey, this is Rob DeArmond. I'm sports editor here at the Livingston Parish News. And this is David Gray, lifestyle editor with the news. All right. So there we go. Glad I did not steal their thunder. So this week, plenty to talk about. We're going to be moving at a quick pace here. Uh, first and foremost, David, we're going to start with you because big event this past weekend yes. uh, that managed to avoid the weather except for I was actually right there right then when it started raining. Uh, it was about everything was set to shut down at four o'clock. It rained right about three thirty, but otherwise a very good crowd at Fall Fest. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, no, like you said, I mean, if you look at a couple of the pictures we have from this weekend, you can see a bunch of people. Uh, Fall Fest was this weekend, uh, like Spring Fest was last year, and everything else. It was canceled in twenty twenty because of. Uh, the pandemic. So this year they were able to have Spring Fest, and the state was still technically under, um, you know, uh, uh, reopening phases at that point. But now that most of the restri- restrictions have been lifted, this was probably the biggest event within the downtown district area that there's been since you know since the start of the pandemic. And typically, Fall Fest and Spring Fest, you know, the crowds, they start at 9 or 10, depending on, you know, when they set that. And usually the crowds around lunchtime is when you really start to see a big crowd. Uh, This was packed from about 9 o'clock on. I mean, people were eager to get out there. I don't know if there was, uh, if they were scared by the weather, they wanted to make sure that they, you know, beat the rain. Like you said, it kind of started raining at the very end. I got there at a little after 10 thinking that I was going to beat the the big rush, but uh it I mean no, there was <laughs> the parking was uh was a headache. It took me a while to find a spot and to get over there, but I mean that was, you know, as the organizer said, that was a good problem for them to have because you had uh, you know, vendors sold well, uh the businesses did well, uh you know, the so I mean there was thousands of people there throughout the day so i mean it was a good return and a kickoff to christmas in the village which they are fully intending on having this year unlike last year like you know like i said that was canceled because of covid so they're fully intending on having that this year and fall fest is really that sort of kickoff to christmas in the village when you have the light of old city hall like the christmas tree and nativity scene uh the dim springs parade and they're also having that same day they're doing something new the baton rouge orchestra is going to be playing a few hours after the parade on that Saturday. I forget what day it is. I think the 11th of December. So there's a lot of activity coming up in the uh, Antique Village. Oh, and Chef's Evening. That's another one that uh don't want to leave them out. So a lot of activity coming up in the Antique Village this year. Uh, much different than last year when it was pretty quiet. Sure. You know, COVID, COVID was tough that first year. Uh, and a lot of things missed. So we're going to come back to you to talk a little bit about some of the COVID stuff. Uh, but we're going to try to mix it up a little bit, try to bounce back and forth. We're going to shift over to Rob for a minute. Uh, going to talk about two fall sports that we haven't really uh, had a chance to dive into as much as we have football, uh, and that's going to be volleyball and cross country. And let's kick it off uh, with those folks who, for whatever reason, probably their physiology, like to get out there on Saturday morning and run. So uh, tell us a little bit about what's going on in the world across country. So I had I'd had a pretty good weekend for for some girls here in the parish uh, at the, at the latest race that they ran Saturday had three finish in the top twenty, 
Uh, it was Caden Boudreaux, who's having a great season. I think she finished sixth. Uh, Hannah Lombaugh from Denham Springs and uh, Ava Patero, they all finished in the top 20. Uh, and uh, Sylvia White from Live Oak was the top finisher for them on the girls' side there. So uh, they're off and running uh, Saturday mornings. Always, uh, you know, you can check uh, social media feeds, Coach McLean, Coach Johnson. Uh, they're always posting stuff and, and making sure that their kids uh, – Kids get some uh, some limelight out there. Sure. Uh, also in the fall, uh, you can check out volleyball, uh, which, you know, uh, had some up and down years locally here lately. Uh, but you did cover Springfield last night, who is usually pretty good, and, and they kind of flashed that, that uh, skill last night, I guess you can say. That was my first time seeing Springfield. And, and you know, like I told Coach Bear, it's one of those things where you, you've got uh, life is happening right now. Normally by this point I've seen everybody play at least once, but it was my first time to see Springfield. Uh, they played Independence, who's a, a kind of a, a newer program. They're trying to get things established uh and Springfield just they worked the serve game really well last night. Uh, a bunch of aces, and they're able to, to kind of uh, they're able to sweep Independence really quickly. Uh, but that that serve game was really on for them. Uh, they they've got a big one coming up again Thursday. We're we're doing this on Wednesday uh, morning. Uh, tomorrow they'll be hosting St. Thomas in a big district match. Uh, they they feel like they're kind of hitting their stride right now, which is a good time to to be doing it. Now Doyle also has a new volleyball team, don't they? Right. What they're doing is uh, they they basically uh, and I I had done a story on this probably about a month month and a half ago when they they had their first uh, couple of matches there. Um, they're competing at the JV level. Uh, this is their first year, so these first two years are going to compete at the JV level. They have an, uh, a JV A team and a JV B team, uh, and so they're basically just uh, it, it started as you know a couple of students are just playing volleyball at, in, in PE and they said hey you know it might be cool if we can get this started you know as a sport at school so they go and start talking to you know coach BD Tim BD the athletic director and, and mr. Dossie, uh the, the principal and, and they said okay let's see what you can do and it, it was really something that kind of started last year toward the end of school and kind of got legs and then took off and they had some tryouts during the summer and here they are, uh, and it's uh, they they picked up on it really well. Um, I think, uh, if I'm not mistaken, they'll be hosting Walker uh, tomorrow. And uh, like I said, what they do, it's a it's two teams, JV, A and B, and uh, they're they're getting reps and they're learning the game. Sure, sure, and and I think it's good, uh, you know, because you talked about Independence playing Springfield, and that's kind of tough to throw a second year team up against. Uh, you know, the Lady Bulldogs have perennially kind of been right there right. when it comes to volleyball. Right. That's a tough thing to do. But with Doyle, you know, starting it off with JV, trying to get these girls understanding the game, uh, that sounds like a, a much better way to approach it. So we're going to come back to you with football. In fact, that's probably how we're going to wrap up the show. But first, we're going to jump back over to David, and we're going to talk about what everyone doesn't want to talk about, which is COVID. Uh, you know, Right now, we still have a, a mask mandate in effect. Uh, there are still some COVID guidelines out there. Uh, but the big thing that came out uh, recently from the uh, Bessie board, specifically the no, uh, Department, uh, uh, of, Department right, of Education. Right. I w okay. So it is. <laughs> Bessie is distancing itself from this. <laughs> uh, gotcha. Well, I, uh, there you go, folks. There's a little political you commentary for you on a Wednesday morning. Uh, so we're, you know, uh, from the Department of Education, specifically yeah. superintendent of uh, all state schools, well, public schools, which would be uh, Mr. Cade Brumley. Uh, kind of a surprise announcement. I know that both 
uh, Dr. Cantor from the Department of Health and the governor, both not real happy with this announcement. Uh, but it, you know, according to uh, Brumley, I mean, this is about uh, empowering school districts and parents. So tell us a little bit about what the state said and then what Livingston Parish is doing. Yes. Well, um, I guess we could just start real fast with what Livingston Parish is doing. They are following what Cade Brumley said, which is now uh, the big issue with with quarantine, it has been for close contact. I mean, it's pretty pretty obvious anyone who tests positive, uh, I think everyone's pretty much been in agreement. If you test positive for COVID-19, you need to, you should not be at school, whether you're a you know, student or employee. I think that one's pretty pretty obvious. The one where it gets tricky is when it's uh, close contacts, which, you know, there's a lot of, uh, you know, there's a lot of wiggle room around that, whether or not you're close contact, whether or not you were masked at the time, whether or not you're vaccinated. So that's caused a lot of confusion. And um, and if you're going on, if you're if you're going the safe route and just, you know, if you're a close contact within some within six feet of someone for at least 15 minutes within a 24 hour period uh, within someone who's tested positive for COVID-19, then you are considered a close contact and therefore required to quarantine for, you know, a set amount of days, you know, usually at least five at the if you're if it's the most lenient uh, stipulation. So. That has caused a lot of uh, a lot of disruption to uh, to attendance. A lot of kids are having to miss. Uh, Livingston Parish is not unique in that. Uh, that's you know being felt across the state, and that's really what was what Cade Brumley's uh, message was was that this is affecting their learning, and uh, so basically he is now the close contacts is now as a parent choice option, whereas a parent or guardian. If their kid is identified as a close contact to a positive COVID-19 case, they can decide whether or not they want their kid to stay in school or to quarantine their child. So that is something that up until now has not been in the parents' hand. It's been, you know, basically if you're identified as a close contact, you have to quarantine. Well, now that is being empowered to local school districts to basically implement the parent choice option that he called it. And Livingston Parish Schools is following that uh that guidance from the state superintendent. Now, Livingston Parish has instituted its own parent choice option. So, if you are close contact, or if your child is a close contact, you can choose whether or not you want your kid in school or not. And that's uh, uh, th that's you know that's it, each each parish is kind of handling it differently. Uh, EBR, I know they're they're keeping the quarantine guidelines as is because, like you said, Dr. Joe Cantor, the the state health officer and Governor John Bell Edwards, uh, they kind of spoke out against what what Dr. Brumley did. Uh, they, you know, they're saying that it doesn't follow with the guidance from LDH, the CDC, uh, which, you know, recommends that kids be quarantined if they're exposed to COVID-19. So, uh, you know, it's it's on a parish by parish basis. I know St. Tammany, I believe they uh, they said that they are given the parent choice option to kids. To the, I mean, to families, uh, you know, Jefferson Schools, uh, Orleans Paris, they're kind of going, they're sticking to how it's been where kids have to quarantine. So it's really a, a parish by parish basis. And it's, you know, it's going to cause a lot of confusion for families, I, I can imagine. Sure. I mean, it's going to be tough because a lot of people are doing it, you know, differently. Uh, so it, it'll be interesting to see. You can check out uh, David's story in this Thursday's paper. Uh, and, of course, it's online if you want to read a little more in depth about it. Uh, but it, it, it is going to change some things uh, for the school year going forward, obviously. And, I mean, I'm sure that there will be some leeway in there in case things change again and we end up with another Delta surge or anything like that. 
Uh, talking about staying, not necessarily staying with schools, but there was sort of a a, a two parter, uh, and we did discuss it. Is uh, you know, the Bass Pro Bonds. We discussed this mm-hmm. last week. Uh, there is a podcast coming out uh, with the mayor of Denham Springs. We also did a podcast that came out uh, Tuesday with the director of Gravity Drainage District 1. They're going to be getting a lot more money. Uh, we discussed that the school system has also noticed an influx in sales tax. So a lot of folks are going to be uh, getting some more money, especially from that Bass Pro development. Uh, but First and foremost, let's talk about the fact that you ran, you went over the numbers that were sent to us by the school board. As of right now, things are things are pretty hefty. Uh, you know, they're not quite as good as they were last year after COVID started to wane a little bit. I think, uh, but still looking at increases month over month. Yeah, uh, um, July started the new fiscal year, and that act this past July, uh, I'm doing a rough guess on the figures because I do not have them in front of me, but uh, but this July I know was better than any month was in the last fiscal year. So so it was off to a good start. And even though it has dropped from July to August dropped and then from August to September dropped, it is still about three and a half million more than what the sales tax was collected at through this same time last year. So it's looking like... Uh, it's it's going to be a good year in, in terms of sales tax collection, which uh, you know that that goes to that funds so many entities across the parish. So I mean, those sales tax dollars are important, you know, to have them because that that's what pays for a lot of the 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 public service that that gets done in the parish. Uh, for example, that's you know one of the reasons why uh, the Lipscomb Parish school system was recently able to give a raise to its employees that they should be getting. Uh, I believe this week they should be getting a raise on top of us uh, one-time stipend. So, so you know that that that's where a lot that's where a lot of that comes from because when COVID started, a lot more people were doing shopping online. But even though they're shopping online, those sales tax dollars do stay in Livingston Parish. So they have seen a bump the last couple of years uh, in terms of sales tax. So, uh, and combined with the Bass Pro deal, going to yes. be interesting to see. Uh, what some of these uh, taxing entities are able to do with that extra money, um, especially with those bonds paid off. I know when we talked with Wesley Kinnebrew of Gravity Drainage District 1, you know, they're going to be looking to do, uh, to stretch that dollar as long as they can and go after a lot of larger projects using that as match money for grants. So yes. going to be interesting to see uh, how much improvement there is. Which is what and, uh, Mayor Landry told you as well, I believe. Yep, it, they are going to be trying to use that money in different pots and stretch that dollar as far as they can to do improvements, roads, drainage, all sorts of interesting things in the city limits of Denham Springs. So uh, staying with, uh, well, actually not staying with, we're going to be moving on to the parish council. Uh, I was trying to look for a way to connect it, but you know what? We're just going to yep. divide and conquer here. Transition. Yes. So getting into the parish council, there's been a lot of, it was a rough year on the river, specifically for Tiki Tubing. There has there has been some discussion, and now there will be a public hearing next week, correct? Yes. On, on what's called the river rules. If you're interested in, in uh, some, some overview of it, we did uh, have a podcast come out last week. Uh, that would be the last full week of September, where we talked with uh, Tracy, Parish Councilman Tracy Girlinghouse about it. David, you've been keeping up with this process. Uh, tell us what uh, the, the residents of Livingston Parish, and I guess the visitors as well, 
can expect from this potential ordinance, which will be discussed a week from Thursday? Well, yeah, this has been uh, uh, the hot topic, I guess, for the parish council. I mean, that uh, in a, along with zoning and impact fees and a few other issues. But uh, this is one, this is a topic that is more, uh, can be grasped by the regular person who might not know what zoning and stuff is. But basically, there ever since there was dozens of people that had to be rescued uh, this year on the Amy River uh, after launching from Tiki Tubing. Two people drowned this year after launching from Tiki Tubing. So uh, the the survivors of one of the victims, uh, his widow and uh, sister brother, they they have really pushed to have more regulations on. The Amy River, but the parish council, you know, obviously not wanting to target any particular business. You know, they're they're feeling this was a need to, uh, this was a time to address river safety as a whole. So, last week, they officially, uh, formally introduced this ordinance that could go into effect, or that they could vote on as soon as October fourteenth, the same day that the public hearing is, and uh, it's kind of the same stuff that we've talked about. Uh, there would be uh, signs along the river on both sides of the river, kind of, uh, you know, just letting people know a little bit of the history. And then some of those signs would also be mile, uh, they compared to mile markers that you see on the interstate to let people know that, you know, if someone does have an accident, they could call, you know, call first responders and then they could say we're at mile, you know, they described it as NA1, NA2, NA3, you know, just to give a more exact uh, location to help first responders reach you faster. They're also, you know, they're still talking about that life vests should be provided by the businesses that are, that offer these activities on the river. And, you know, that, that is a difference from requiring life vest. Uh, you know, that, that's something that they have yet to really, uh, I guess they're, they're not wanting to make it a full blown requirement that anyone who partakes in these water activities has to wear a life vest. They're still trying to leave that up to the individual person, but they're going, they're looking to make it a requirement that is at least provided by the business so that if, anyone wants to have a life vest to feel extra safe they have that uh afforded to them they're also uh talking about the ordinance would include a safety video which is something that uh you know that's a real sticking point for a lot of them because you know they they compared it to other recreational activities such as you know skydiving white water rafting you know those sort of things those you know sort of can be dangerous activities they have to watch a safety video beforehand, and that's something that they're wanting to see more uh, in Livingston Parish at these uh, waterway activity businesses that they have some sort of safety video that people have to watch before they sign, you know, anything before payment is accepted. So, I mean, that's kind of uh, it's kind of a basic breakdown. They have some stipulations for the signing, uh, but that's kind of the the breakdown of what would be in this ordinance, you know, if it were approved as it, as was introduced last week. And like I said, that's October 14th. They'll have the public hearing and then they could vote on it, you know, immediately after that. Well, it'll be interesting to see, you know, there was a lot of public pressure, uh, especially with them having meetings on zoom. A lot of people popped in and, you know, had, had, had some things to say. Uh, so it, it will be interesting to see how they they pull this together but i know we use tiki tubing a lot that's kind of what brought the incidents this summer is what brought this to the forefront but as we discussed with parish councilman tracy girlinghouse in the podcast this is about the whole river yeah. we have a lot of uh pieces of waterway in livingston parish that can be used for recreational activity 
a lot of businesses make use of that and trying to make sure that people are safe when they get on the river. So we're going to pop back over to Rob to wrap the show up to talk about football, which we have, I believe it's two games on Thursday. Two on Thursday. And three on Friday. Three so Friday. let's start with Thursday. Uh, we've got uh, Springfield is going to uh, open up district play. Or actually, this is non-district for Springfield. They won't. They were actually the only school who does not start district play this week. Uh, they've got that smaller district, uh, only three games at the end. Uh, but they're playing uh, Pearl River, which is uh, always a challenge for, you know. It, and uh, I think that when I talked to Coach Surpass this week, it was kind of like uh, they get a big win last week against Ben Franklin, but it's like one of those things where he said confidence can be it can work two ways for you. You can look at it and say, okay, we're doing well. Uh, but on the flip side, you can also say it, it can kind of uh, cut you in, in, in the fact that you've still got things to work on sure. that show up, and that's where they, he thinks they are now. Uh, uh, he's looking at uh, for some improved play from his offensive line and from, from his defense, uh, and they're also uh, trying to – Torius Buggage, is, he, he's just had a phenomenal season as a sophomore. Had 216 yards rushing last week in that win. Uh, just he's he's been unbelievable, and he's you know turned into one of those one of the leaders. You just kind of uh, you know, you don't want to say expected, but that's just kind of the the performances that he's turned in so far. Um, and they'll be going to Pearl River, uh, and and coach uh, coach Surpass said they're they're mindful of a couple years ago. I don't know if you guys remember had a really good back, uh, and I think he turned in five or six touchdowns against them. Uh, he said we're well aware, and uh, Pearl River's got a, a back this year. And Brian Jenkins, he, he's also he's had a, uh, uh, I think it was a three hundred over three hundred yards earlier this season in one game. So he said we're really mindful of that. They, you know, they've always uh, it seems like they've always got a really good running back, and they can they can kind of ground it on you. And so they, he said they're looking forward to or not looking forward to it, but that's part of the challenge in facing them. Um, you know, and. Uh, he said the defense flows to the ball really well. Uh, that's going to be a challenge for him on, on that side of the ball. So uh, a, a challenging game, as, as yeah, you have lined out. It's, it's just, a, you know, and I, I mistakenly said it was a, a district game, but these all of these games kind of get them, you know, kind of geared up for that district race, which for them is it's, it's a whole lot shorter. Uh, and, and they you don't want to say they count a little more, but uh, you got to make everyone count when you go out when you're only playing three district games. Sure, and it's uh, it's still, uh, I guess, uh, what North Lake, Pope John Paul, and uh, Saint Thomas. Thomas. That's correct. My goodness, three private schools on the North Shore, so uh, it, it, a difficult district to be sure. Yes. What's the yeah. other uh, Thursday night game? Well, we've got uh, Albany hosting Bogalusa, uh, which is you know uh, Albany's coming off a, uh, a loss to Riverside. Uh, they they go up take a lead then it gets uh, they come back tie it and uh, Riverside got two scores r- really quickly right before halftime big plays for them uh, Albany also lost lost uh, Seth Gallion who's their top receiver broke his collarbone um, so literally while I'm talking to Coach Knight after the game uh, Seth wound up calling in you know just to give him an update you know on it and uh, you know it it he kind of chuckled he said you know Seth looks like he might be uh, back healthy for uh, the last, you know, for the end of the season, you know, provided. But if they make the playoffs, maybe he could be in there. At, but that obviously kind of changes some things. They're they're gonna, they might be able to do. They they've also been without uh, JJ Doherty, who's still uh, dealing with a shoulder injury. He said they're gonna prepare this week like they don't have JJ. Um, he has not been cleared yet, which is what they're they're waiting on uh, there. So. 
but they're going to prepare. Uh, John Dewey stepped up uh, with with uh, Seth out. He caught a touchdown, and he you know he has a lot of faith in in what John can do uh, as a receiver there. So, uh, and then with with Bogalusa, he uh, Coach Knight just said there it's a lot of speed on both sides of the ball. So you have to kind of try to offset that. He's also kind of uh, challenges offensive line to to uh, kind of ground and pound a little bit, you know, get down there and, 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 and maybe block a little better. And he said that's where the challenge is probably going to come from, from Bogalusa's defense with the, the speed that they present. So they're going to have to uh, pull it together with without some pieces that they're used to uh, right. as they enter into district. Right. That's always a tough, tough time uh, to suffer those losses. So that's going to be your 2A and 3A uh, games. Yeah, I was trying it. to think of a clever way to put yeah, it. Yeah, that's it. But your two and three A games are going to be on Thursday. Your five A games are on Friday. So let's start with. Uh, I, I believe you're going to Live Oak and Zachary. I'm going to go Live Oak Zachary. That's correct. Uh, you know, uh, Live Oak is c- coming off a, a win last week over Douglas. Uh, you know, just doesn't seem like everything. You know, I, I think uh, they might have lost a, a turnover on their first drive, but I think after that, everything kind of went uh, went their way. Um, so it's, it's just, uh, for this one, uh, it's Zachary, you're looking at a team in, in 5A that's, you know, a, a, a top 10 team in the state. Uh, you guys know when you get to four or five, a every week is, is a big game. It doesn't matter who's playing who they all, they all carry a lot of weight there and it's all good teams playing each other. Uh, but you know, coach Westmoreland, when I talked to him, he said, they're going to have to play, you know, it's as close to a flawless or neo perfect game as they can, uh, all the way around to, to to compete against Zachary, and it's just one of those, you know, one of those games where where you know you have to bring it, you know, regardless. But he, he you know, I said, how are the the kids are kind of accepting? He goes, they're focused and and they're ready, they're ready, they know what they have to do. So it should be an interesting game. Yeah, uh, and right now Live Oak is uh, Live Oak is the only Parish team that has not lost a game so far. Oh, so a lot on the line. So yeah, that. I mean, you know, when you look at it, and, and ideally you you'd want to say, okay, we, you know, of course you you want to try to win as many games as you can, but this is gonna it's it's gonna be a, a really good gauge to see exactly where where Lab Oak is right now. So moving uh, south a little bit, let's talk about uh, let's talk about Walker. What's Walker got going on on Friday? Yeah, uh, Walker's going to be hosting Scotlandville, uh, which is which is always a good game. Uh, I think the big thing when you go back and look at the Walker's game against East Ascension, uh, Walker scores on a lot of big plays, and uh, and East Ascension was able to 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 ground out the you know really busted a busted like a thirty one yard run on the first play, so they established the ground game really quick. Uh, when I talked to Coach Mahaffey this morning, uh, it's finding consistency for him. Uh, in terms of being able to establish drives, uh, they scored on on big plays last week, and he said just getting that consistency. And it's not so much to get uh, maybe your defense a rest; it's just to get into a rhythm in what you're doing and trying to figure out what you're doing. Um, the challenge here for them is they're going to be, uh, and and you can't really say challenge, but they're not going to have Hunter Bethel with them, who uh, left. He didn't play the second half uh, with some uh, to go through some. Concussion symptoms is what what, the, what they said what he was showing. So uh, Warren Young is going to start at quarterback. Warren Young Jr. who uh, he came on in the second half. He he busted a ninety five yard touchdown run. So that that dynamic play playmaking ability is there for them. Uh, and he's got a, a a whole week this time. You know it, it's kind of the same thing we were talking about with with Denham Springs and their quarterback situation where you get a a week of being able to take reps as the starting quarterback, uh, whereas Warren Young Jr. is mainly playing receiver for him. 
this week he's getting those reps at, at, at quarterback. So we're going to see what, what happens. Uh, Coach Mahaffey, seemed, you know, he's got a lot of faith in him and might bring in a, a little different dynamic to that offense this week. Last but certainly not least, Denham. Yes, uh, they'll be going to uh, Central. Uh, oh. Yeah, you, you guys know, uh, and and this is it's it's a double thing where you've got that that great rivalry that they've always got, and uh, they're going on the road to play. I'm talking to Coach Beard. Uh, you know, he he said he loves going on the road, playing in those types of environments, just so his players can experience those things, you know, and what it's like to play in those type of rivalry games. But he said at that's at the same time, he they're more focused on what they have to do to get better, you know. And uh, they'll be, uh, you know, he's, he just says that that whole team, you know, they they run the ball really well, as you as you well know. Uh, Coach Edwards, you know, he tipped his hat to Coach Edwards every time. It seems like every time they play, it's it's a kind of a, uh, you don't want to say a slugfest, but it kind of turns into a slugfest. I think last year, if I remember right, uh, it was a rainy game, got a lot of lightning. I think we had a good lightning delay there for a while, and and that's kind of on on you know Coach Beard's mind. I know he mentioned it. I think when we were talking, so uh, it it it, sh- it should be a great way to start the district. Uh, he said they should be back to a hundred percent. Last week they were missing uh, four starters, including two on defense. He said that defense should be back at a hundred percent this week. And of course that. Uh, sort of the opposite of Albany, pulling it back together for the start of district as opposed to losing some people for the start of district. Yeah, yeah, and Albany's been battling that, you know, the injury since, I mean, it's almost been the entire time between, you know, uh, COVID, you know, stuff and, and just kids getting hurt. And, you know, he, Coach Knight's had to juggle every he, – he said basically they've got some kids who are playing varsity ball that uh, probably, you know – should be playing JV ball, you know, and he, sure. he said that goes back to and Aiden Castile, a sophomore who should be playing probably some JV stuff, and uh, and they lost some JV games because of the storm, but he said here he is, you know, kind of learning the game when, uh, under the bright Friday night lights, trying, you know, learning the game, the, the high school game when he was hoping to get him some reps of the, with JV, but that's, uh, you know, that's what happens sometimes. That's, you, you got to make adjustments. It's part of the game. So, uh, Let's introduce ourselves real quick. We have run a little bit over than our normal time, so I'm going to start on the viewer's right. Hey, this is David Gray, Lifestyle Editor with the Livingston Parish News. And on the left. Hey, this is Rob DeArman, Sports Editor with the Livingston Parish News. And my name is McHugh David, Publisher and Editor of the News. Appreciate you guys joining us today for the Livingston Parish News Weekly Show. This is Group Therapy. It's uh, our time to sit down and talk about what's going on in Livingston Parish. Please remember the news is on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, and YouTube. We are once a week in print on Thursdays at $7 a month to get that in your mailbox. We're also online, www.livingstonparishnews.com. We do hope you have a great day, and we will see you next time.